0: Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and then we give you the answers about all things investing and trading now. Well, concerns about the COVID-19 seem to be fading somewhat in Australia thanks to our swift government action to get the situation under control. Some states have begun, begun relaxing restrictions this month and the reality is we probably won't know whether there will be further outbreaks of the virus for a few weeks Or even months as people begin to regroup and return to more normal or whatever normal actually is um, or a more normal way of life. So as we all continue to adjust to a new way of life, remember that hand hand sanitizer is now far more important than deodorant when you go out. As always, we will shed some light on the current market and we aim to inform and educate you on the realities of investing and trading. Now tonight's topic is how to turn a poor performing portfolio around.
1: That's a more serious note. So if you have a portfolio of stocks right now, you may be concerned about further market falls. However, your biggest opportunity is to make changes amid the current uncertainty. So tonight we'll give you three strategies to help you turn a poor performing stock market portfolio into a consistently profitable portfolio. Now, along with our topic for tonight, we'll look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in, give you our expert opinion, and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, and joining me tonight is Dale Gillum, and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you this evening, Dale? <laughs>
0: You made me say all that, didn't you? You really did. You just put all that stuff in there. I didn't write the script tonight, guys,
1: so that was Janine's
0: joke, not mine.
1: Oh, I just put one in there. You never know what I'm gonna put in there in future.
0: I know, I'm waiting for your pick boxing gloves and your tutu and stuff like that to come out as well. Like seriously. So it's, oh, no, no, I'm worry, good. Got that. Mm. it's it's really weird not having people around you know it's like I, I, the only time i get to see you is tuesday night <laughs> it's, it's, it's it
1: terrible. is strange isn't it but there were more cars on the on the road today i noticed which yeah i noticed
0: i went out this morning i was just saying to a student this morning i went out this morning to get my takeaway cup of coffee which by the way she yells at me about because i've got takeaway cups so he
1: being has environmental, to get a plus or
0: a reusable lid now. But there was more cars on. Like at you know eight o'clock this morning, going to get a takeaway to support the local coffee shop because you know they're just scraping by.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of cars everywhere, and I'm thinking why is this happening? It hasn't, this is like the first day I've noticed it. Mm. Very much All of so. a sudden, everybody's decided, well, we've got to get on with it.
0: I think they're going, on. Oh, let's just get out there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> they're <laughs>
1: sick of being at home let's, with the let's kids. La, let's run the
0: gauntlet <laughs> and not get a fine, but let's get into the show because I know we've okay. got rip a real show tonight.
1: So if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. And as always, keep your comments tonight constructive so that we can assist as many people as possible with genuine questions. Okay. Cool. Well, now if tonight's your first time then may I say a big hello
0: to you and welcome to the show. We are excited to have you with us and hope you really enjoy the show. But remember to put a question down if you've got one. Now moving on, it's the first Tuesday of the month and this means Janine gets to look at the Australian stock market. So let's get into the charts and discuss our thoughts on what's going on in the Australian market right now.
1: Okay then. On the screen I've got the All Ordinaries Index there for you. The monthly chart, of course, because for most of you who have been following us on the show, you realise that we follow the big picture first, always looking at what's happening in a broader sense of the market. So I'll just go right back um, to the 80s now. For some of you who are not familiar with this, our indices went back to the 80s. They only started recording it then, but we do have data that goes all the way back to the um, early 1900s, possibly even 1800s, late 1800s, I think that shows you what um, actually has unfolded for the Australian market. Now, looking at the All Ordinaries Index, we can see the steeps and the severity of the fall that we've just um, experienced with COVID-19, unlike nothing we've ever seen before. Even the the correction that occurred in um, 87 did have some pre-warning there as it started to unfold, even though it doesn't quite look like it on the monthly chart. When you're looking more shorter term, that has happened. But what we're seeing now is a bit of a regrouping of um, stock prices. So we're seeing this sideways move for the last uh, last month. More or less, the the market rose, but didn't really. It was a non-event, really, in terms of the move on the market. And then this month, you can see this second red bar that's appeared is basically inside the range of the prior uh, month's bar. So that's not. So far, we're only uh, five days into the month, so. Um, by the calendar, so therefore, um, we're in, in the early days yet. So, we're looking to see the market push up higher, that's the ideal scenario. And, but, look, looking at what we can see across the chart, we can see historically that the, the market has really had a psychological barrier somewhere around the 6,000 point mark. Now we know that's you know, some big round numbers often produce a psychological impact to markets and they can turn at those levels. But looking at our All Ordinaries Index, we can see there's possibility still for a little bit of a bounce on the downside. But I'll just quickly move to the weekly chart so we can get a better feel for it. So far this week, it's actually looking quite good. Last week was looking a bit dire and it looked like we were going to see another week down.
0: If we were doing this on Thursday last week, you would have said last week's bar looked absolutely awesome.
1: Um, because Thursday yeah. it was
0: right up the but top. But look what had happened
1: on Friday. The close mm. ended up low on the bar, which when you look at what happens at the end of a week, but we generally say that the, the, the players who are in the know tend to close the market out for the week. So what would you make of that close low? Well,
0: it just meant, what I'm seeing at the moment is the current mm. close as of today is basically the same as what it was pretty close to, what, four weeks ago. Well, so, the... so the market's not going anywhere. Yeah, okay. It's not pushing up. It, every time it yeah. tries to push up, It's not getting through at the moment. So
1: So the real question is, has it got enough momentum in some of the biggest stocks? Because that would be where it has to be driven from. The big end Mm. of the market have to drive it. But we need to see the market push back up through this high here at 5,600 points approximately and and to to get going again. So if we see the market edge back lower, like Dale's saying, it's really a sideways move for the past month or so, Mm. um, then we're more likely to see it soften. We're getting getting a lot
0: of people on comments saying and on emails, hey, the market's bullish, the market's bullish, it's risen up 30%. It's got to be mm. bullish. Well, no, that's not bullish. Mm. Because right now it's not telling me this is bullish. It's telling me there's lots of indecision on that, isn't it? Yeah, sure. So, and if this was bullish, last week would have kept going, not just get through that previous peak by a couple of points. Yeah, I agree. It, it really didn't push mm. through. It just it got to it, went, pushed through that high yep. and then immediately just said, oh my God, and fell away and fell away pretty heavily. So. It's so what I, we keep talking about. The market rises in stairs and down in elevators and right now the elevator's got the basement button highlighted, you know, mm. ready for somebody to push it because there's only got to get some bad news and this thing will fall out like a, like a lead sinker in a, you know, in a pond. It'll, but
1: What are you saying about the bar so far this week though? Well,
0: so far it looks good, because but it's mm. only it's only two days. That's right. You know, and we've seen we've seen this happen last week. You know, we saw it two weeks ago. The market mm. moved up. So right. So you're now, not
1: trusting the market. That's what you're no, saying. No, I don't
0: trust the market at all. I don't trust the U.S. market mm. at all. And, and people are coming out saying, but what about this and what about that? Yeah, US, you're a lot
1: more bearish on the U.S. market than our market. I'm a lot you? more
0: cautious. You mm. know, because like you know, during the GFC, I was really confident of what was going to happen. Mm. You know, it was like yeah, the market was peaking and falling, and it was. Whilst it was a huge fall, it was quite orderly what we knew what was going on. This is like this is like a dog's breakfast. Out of the the ordinary. It's completely Mm -hmm. disconnected with economics and everything else. Yeah, the US market was looking good prior to March, but we don't know what it's looking like now. They don't even know what it's looking Mm. like. We don't know what our market's looking like. Everybody's out of work. You know, so what is going on with companies? What are their earnings going to be in the next three to six months? We don't know any of that. We don't know how long we're going to be in lockdown for. And when we do come out of lockdown, what's that going to look like?
1: The market's going to try to factor in, in Mm. advance, say, around six months in advance of what they think is going to happen. So if they think it's actually going to be worse than what they're expecting, then we'll start to see that push back down. But if Mm. they're actually expecting that, well, maybe it's not going to be as bad as what we first thought, Mm. we're going to come out of this a bit better, things will start to pick up. Then perhaps but the this market is telling me they do know. Feet. That's right. This is completely mode.
0: telling me. And if the experts mm. don't know, mm. then we don't know, and that's the thing, and that's what's scaring me. So about what's the going night.
1: to take it? What's going to take it a higher? That's the question.
0: Well, you've got to have a lot of positive news because pe- market won't rise on un- on uncertainty. It'll mm. only go sideways or down.
1: But hang on a minute, because the news mm. often is still bad or negative. And yet the markets do actually start to rise because the money in the know often is pushing yeah, but it you've higher. have got certainty, And then though. it's the, the little people that have no idea and mm-hmm. all of a sudden the market's taken off 10% and then the good got news comes We've out. We've got and... no
0: certainty. Do you know yeah. next week whether we're going to be able to get out and do things? No.
1: Well, they're saying they're going to stick to that date, aren't they?
0: Well... They're saying it, but they may not. But then, how mm. much is that? What is stage three? What is stage two? What is stage one again? Mm. You know, when are we going to be allowed to fly? When are we going to be allowed to travel? When are we going to be able to all go back to work? And if you yep. are allowed to go back to work, how many people are going to get their jobs back? You know, people that work for Virgin well, are going to get their what, jobs back. Well, they're saying it's what twenty percent of people that are out of work, is it? Well, they're expecting, and what at least percentage 10% of those are casual
1: rate. workers yeah. that are in sort of retaily type jobs?
0: Mm. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is, there's so much uncertainty, the market can't rise. Mm. Because unless there's certainty, the market won't rise. Because people, the big end of town will be going, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. So they'd rather stay out in cash. And that's the point. So right now, it's not giving me a lot of faith. But it's not, I'm not saying it's super negative. I'm just saying Hmm. I'm not super positive. So there might be some good buys out there, but there might be some good buys too. That's right. (laughs) But let's get into the questions for our emails.
1: Oh, yes. Now it's time to get into the emails and have, we've been inundated with questions again. So thanks for all of those. Uh, we've got a lot of questions on the chat as well. So we're going to try to be selective and answer those questions where you've given us more detail on the stock and tell us, told us why you want to discuss it um, or anything else interesting that you raised in general. So our first question is from Chris. Hi, Dale and Janine. After watching your channel recently, I found lots of wisdom. And helpful advice. Thank you for bringing us the educational and practical stock investment discussion. I have a stock, uh, Newcrest NCM is the code. The company recently announced the proposed security offer at 25.60 per share or lower for the security holders. I would like to know your opinion of whether it would be a good time to take the offer, Chris. There we go.
0: Oh, I haven't read the offer, so have you.
1: Um, look, I generally. Um, hmm. Don't like those offers because often it means that the share price is going to fall to meet those levels, the price level quoted. And that's half of the issue with these offers. And sometimes if a share is a bit bearish mm. or it's been falling into this this news, it will often fall right through. Mm. Even And you sit there and you think, well, hang on a minute, they're only offering 10% of the stock. So therefore, how can you justify the price that's below the okay, offer price?
0: Question then. Another mm. that's quite, not a question, more of a statement. The other week we got asked about WebJet, the mm-hmm. offer for that, which was I think was a dollar seventy. Yeah. Right? It came out, the offer went, got oversubscribed. It mm-hmm. went up to like two dollars thirty or three dollars or something like that. Pretty quickly within a few days after that, everything went X. Yep. Okay. Now WebJet went down again a little bit after that on Friday. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me. But that's what people are looking at, going, well, if I don't take up the offer and it goes up, they feel like they've missed out. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes things like that happen like Janine and I we haven't read the document so we can't tell you we don't know what the offer is and mm. all the details and, and we're not going to unless we own NewsCrest we're not going to look at it um, but so I'd suggest you look at it and determine whether it's better good value for yourself but we can but look hang at on the a minute, stock.
1: If someone had bought the stock and, and they're in loss mm. why would you be buying more?
0: Well, what they're thinking is, is if I can buy more at a cheaper price, then I'm dollar cost averaging, which we don't promote as well, mm. um, but I'll be able to buy some more shares at a cheaper price. But generally, you don't get too many either. Yep. You know, it might only be a small percentage of your total portfolio holding or your then total holdings. you've got holdings to deal with the taxation
1: with issues around those little portions. Yeah. 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 But so it's really day, for the big end of town to benefit then, isn't it? Well, quite
0: possibly. You know, and that's the thing is you've got to look at is the stock rising, is the potential to rise and mm. why, why do you want to buy more of that share anyway? Because it's got to be a, a good position that you, I suppose what I was saying is, if I shorten the words I'm going to say is, unless you're going to buy it today, then why would you take up the offer?
1: Okay, so some people will say I'm going to buy it because it'll save me on brokerage if I have to buy additional shares.
0: Big deal. Mm. To me, unless I was going to buy it today and I, and I still like the stock today, why would I buy more of it? That's just a technical view, and that's really, as mm. I said, but in terms of, you know, a fundamental view and that, we're not looking at that, and as I said, we haven't read the offer. So, again, you need to read it to determine whether that's good for you and your portfolio and what you need to. But thanks for asking the question. Um, the next question we got is from Arno. Hi, Arno. Uh, good to have your question on here, mate. Um, he says, hi, Dale, um, What about Janine? Say Janine.
1: Hi, Dale okay. and Janine. I'll just sit here. But they it's always like say
0: hi, <laughs> I'm pretty much hooked on your YouTube channel and can't wait for Monday and Tuesday mm. nights for some market updates. Um, and I thought I would get in contact with you regarding two stocks I'm looking at closely. Um, what are your thoughts on OML and LNK as I bought both of these stocks on their lows back in March? Uh, my strategy is shorter to medium term for now, only with around 20% of my capital. Very smart. And with the rest, I am waiting until we are certain the bottom of the market. Thanks, Arno. Well done. Really good question, matey. We're going to look at Link a little bit later. We've got another question on Link. He but went into we... a
1: lot of detail there for you. He did. That's why we picked his email. Okay. So do you remember all of that? Nope. <laughs> you really? So well,
0: he bought, he bought both of them a couple of weeks ago. He's on 20% of his portfolio. He's in okay. stocks at the moment. He's yeah. waiting on the rest. I think that's quite smart.
1: Yeah. He's, okay. he's,
0: he's getting in a little bit, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, but let's look at his stock.
1: Look now, looking at it um, from a monthly perspective, it's still strongly down. You mm. have to say so. Look, I would say very volatile, high risk, um, higher risk stock in terms of the picks. So, this is one of the things that we can talk about on on tonight's show. Um, you know, in terms of stock selection and hey, and what you've got to be thinking about. But why would you pick this type of stock anyway? It's more speculation in my mind. Well, yeah,
0: well, we doesn't, Arno doesn't talk about how, why he bought the mm. stocks and everything else. And this is where we find a lot of people in the last month have bought stocks. And I've seen a few people say, i bought stocks in the last month and I've made money. And I went, well, that's great, but that doesn't make a sheep station or yeah. you help you retire. Just one month when the month, the month was quite bullish. And we had a super bullish month. You know, and the US had an even bigger bullish month. Mm. And like, like best in 30 years mm-hmm. on nothing. It was all hot air and yep. nothing. So, and somebody said- Just an
1: elastic band, basically the market's springing back a bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and
0: that's all it was. But I think it's a lot of speculation rather than anything solid. And that's really Mm -hmm. what worries me about seeing the market rise that far in a market Mm -hmm. where we have zero- um, certainty about anything and so that worries me but picking stocks like this why did you pick it and that's the, the question isn't it but really right now- yeah
1: i mean at the moment there is actually a buy signal there on the mm. weekly chart so he may have actually decided to get into it based mm. on that signal quite possible especially like even that's that's a trading mentor um, opportunity yeah so absolutely, absolutely. But
0: it's, so you're thinking this is all right it's going to go back up again a bit
1: so looking at it right now it appears mm. that it could rise OK, so at the moment, this it's a bit hard to tell what's happening this week. But to try to pick a stock based on that little move there, you've got to expect that there is going to be some risk. So, you know, where where's... Um, where does a person set their stop loss when you're talking about the trough being so far away from the month, current price that? section? That's thirty percent. So that's huge. That's so huge risk. you know trying to make a decision about what to do there is going to be an interesting one. But look, mm. if the monthly um, moves down, and last month's bar, the good thing about last month's bar is it was closing up, so that mm. is a positive sign for the stock. But it's early days yet. So I just have a tight risk.
0: stop loss, Marno. Well, that's probably what I would actually do.
1: All right. So let's get into the next question. That's yours. Okay. Um, the next one is oh, you've you've actually pushed it right up to the oh, top sorry. of the screen. How about I that? go that way? Now you're really now, now you're
0: really stuffed, so you can't actually read it at all.
1: <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> I'm just getting you back this from is all blooper. the things. All is this the, a, the, no, no, it's we're not. actually live, but it's a blooper, isn't it? No, it's not. Arno's yeah, it question is. was a good I'm one. Are you going to so play it back for me later? Now, now you can. One next, from we Brent. have an email from Brent. Thanks, Brent, for being patient patient with us. Hi, Dale and Janine. Love the show, and just bought a copy of your book. Can I ask you to please look at Link Administrative Holdings, LNK is the code, all the best and keep up the great work. Now Brent- See
0: Arno's happy because we're doing Link and Brent's happy because we're doing that. But so. he hasn't
1: told us why he wants us to look at it. No, so do you want to skip it now? I can't do that to him. Okay, let's He's bring up Link. Email. All right, so Link, two people have asked for this one. So I think we've so, had some
0: on the chat too.
1: Now- is there a pattern that we're seeing here? Because I'm looking they at a look chart. Similar, they? <laughs> I'm looking at another chart and I'm seeing duplicates. Okay, so we're seeing the same sort of pattern unfolding. So maybe Arno was trying to pick stocks based on the way they've unfolded on the chart. If he did, I might give him a bit more. I think last week Link was in the that.
0: top performing stocks in our top stocks. I think, and I think okay. that's where, you see that, and I'm not saying that's the case at the moment with Ben saying, Brent, have a, Brent sorry, um, having a look at this. I know some people look at what rose last week, the highest, and then they go, oh, I'll get into that one. So they look at that, and I know some people, they give me strategies where they go, I go, why did you buy that stock? And they go, mm-hmm. oh, volume was up, and it's at a 52-week high. Well, that's a pretty terrible strategy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people do those sorts of things, and I know, I know we're getting a lot of, like, we've had so many people that, ringing up the moment saying, oh, I'm trading FX and I'm trading, you know, CFDs and, you know, and I've been trading for a few years and I'm a trader. And, and, and,
1: and that really gets you goat, doesn't
0: it? Well, it does. And I start asking them Does questions. it make you want to swear? Yeah, it does. It does. Really? Don't get the swear jar out. But they go, oh, do, and I've been doing this for three years. And I go, so why are you talking to me? Mm. And they go, what do you mean? I said, well, obviously you came to our website and put your name and everything in and you wanted to talk to us. So why are you talking to me? What are you doing wrong? And, then, and they go, oh, well, I could be a bit more consistent or whatever else. But then when I start asking them their rules, they've got no rules. They've mm. got no strategy, no trading plan. They don't understand their rules properly. They've done some crappy broker online courses that they think they're a genius now because they've done a cheap, free broker's online course on how to trade FX. Like, does that make
1: them a sitting duck?
0: Oh, it, it does. It's, it's seriously mm. sitting duck city. If you just do yeah. a free thing on a broker's website, you're asking to get killed. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's what people are but doing. But why it. is
1: that? Explain <sighs> that to someone, why that, doing those Because the
0: brokers are wanting you to trade FX, right? Mm. FX is the most liquid in the market in the world, but it's also the most dangerous market in the world if you don't know what you're doing. If you're not highly skilled, it's really dangerous because mm-hmm. it's about you taking somebody else's money or they're taking your money. So unless you're trading unless you can trade better than me, I will take your money. It's simple as that.
1: So what you're saying is that basically the teacher mm-hmm. is the is the party that's actually des- there to, to take, take your money. Your money. Correct. So they're teaching you the strategy that they want you
0: to have. Correct. <laughs> and that's why most of them lose. So but there's people doing that. But anyway, that's let's move on to the next question. Otherwise I'll be All here right. for an hour
1: ranting about okay.
0: this sort of stuff. Okay,
1: Dale, I think we better get into the chat. Yes. <laughs> just being told. Handle some questions there, shall we? So um, FMG
0: got... for Richard. So, uh, FMG is a good one. Richard's been waiting there, holding his breath. So Richard said, hi, Dale and Janine. I'm thinking serious about buying Wes Farmers. I'm okay. oh, going on. I must have written down the wrong stock. He's one. Okay. Wes Farmers. Um, uh, for the mid to long term, once I see more positive buying, love your thoughts. Best regards, Richard. Shall
1: we forgive him for that? I think we will. Yeah. All right, so looking at um, the, the chart there, we've talked about West Farmers, I think, recently, mm. uh, or am I thinking of what, one of our chats in our meeting? But West Farmers actually looks like it's holding up quite nicely. So, compared to a lot of stocks, it's actually recovered well off the bottom. It looks pretty much like our market at the moment in terms of how it's unfolding. So, a lot of the big stocks at the big end of town, you're going to see similar sorts of mm. patterns on the stocks, like we looked at that OML and LINK unfolding similar you might see the same sorts of moves happen here. And it's because it's, it's more a market adjustment yes. than anything else. It's not a stock-driven thing. And that's what you were alluding to before. There's not enough information at the moment. So there's the uncertainty about the performance of the individual stocks, but everything's riding on a tide.
0: Yeah, and there's mm. a, a lot of herd mentality happening right at the moment. People, mm. you know, getting, we've noticed a huge, huge jump in people watching our YouTubes video. Like, we're talking 300%. We're talking there's a huge jump in people commenting, a huge jump in traffic to the websites, all people trying to understand the market.
1: And And I think that's awesome because when we think about the GFC and what happened, everybody shied away. So mm -hmm. people just disappeared out of the market, put their money back in cash. But now Mm -hmm. we're actually starting to see... People really get it and be yeah, but around it the right they should have been doing time. this a
0: long time ago. People wait till something bad happens. There's that should again. And...
1: Should I include that as a swear word now?
0: You can put "shoot" in there because you keep shooting a lot. You should all over yourself. Um, but people wait till it hits the fan mm. before they'll do something about it. Yep. You know, and so therefore we should be preparing ourselves for these things before we actually get to them. Mm. So, looking at like reading my book, you know, people that read my book six months ago don't and not start. haven't been affected. By this, people who read my first book before the GFC didn't get affected mm-hmm. by the GFC. So you learn beforehand, mm-hmm. so that you can handle these uh, situations like we're seeing right now. So but what
1: do we think of West Farmers at the end? Uh, look, I think I like it. Look, it's holding up. It looks nice, uh, but it's like the rest of the market. You, you were saying mm. that you could just turn around by the end of the week and mm. move down because last week's close was low. So mm. it's just a wait and see.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously Richard's you know, looking for more positive buying on it and we're seeing that in the last two days, but I'd like to see it move past those previous peaks mm. um, and then that would start to get me a lot more excited about it. But right now it's looking all right. So let's right. go to, there's a guy called, somebody called Chillax. I'm wondering, Ramsey. Okay. So let me find Chillax says, Hi Dale and Janine, recent subscriber here and I'm impressed with your education sessions. Can you give me your thoughts on share purchase plans that are being offered by Ramsey Health and NAB? We talked about NAB last week, so we're not going to talk about that this week. I haven't read the one on Ramsey because we don't own it. So
1: um, look, I mean it's they're all well, I shouldn't say they're all the same, but it's it's the concept that's the same. I mean mm. shares are being offered. You can purchase the shares. But the problem is that you've got these, all these small parcels. Mm. And I, I've seen portfolios recently that have come across with so many small parcels of shares. Oh, yeah. It's just so hard to keep track of and mm. um, you need an accountant basically to go through it all. So why are we getting before. all these mm. offers
0: coming out for buying more shares at lower prices? Why are we getting that at the moment?
1: Okay, so what the companies are doing is basically shoring up their bottom line mm. to make sure that they're going to be able to weather the storm and it's an opportune time. Really, it's a, it's a wise decision for a company to do mm. something like that at this point in time. People's shares have fallen. They're starting to see, oh, okay, maybe people are getting excited about the market and some of the opportunities and are saying, okay, these shares look cheaper, therefore I'm going to buy them. But what they don't realise is often the share prices fall down to that level anyway. Mm. Um, and then it's about just letting that happen. Let other people carry the risk and just wait to see if the share actually rises. Okay. Cool. Mm. There you go. There's your answer. Uh, next one is Ashman, and
0: Ashman's got a question. So let me bring up Ashman's question. He's saying, hi, Dale and Janine. As the market is so volatile, isn't it a great time for trading? Are you against trading stock and believe in investing? Please share your view on this topic.
1: Now, he's talking really short-term stuff here. By well, the sound he of it, Because there's, if he isn't, then you're not trading anything yet or much because there are no real... Uh, medium-term rules being triggered at the moment, not yet anyway. No, but so, he's saying
0: a we more for investing than trading. That's how I read it. Okay. You want me to read the question again? Go for it. Go for the question again. He's saying, "Hi, Dale and Janine. As the market is so volatile, isn't it a great time for trading?" Yeah. Okay. So and I'm are you against trading? Stock volatility isn't investing? isn't
1: the only thing that is, makes it a good time for trading. You need Correct. volatility, but but that's that's the mentality of people who are trading intraday or day day trading. Um, well, we're not a... Wanting that volatility, that's what they're looking for at the moment. I mean, I don't know. You've well, had some it, conversations that, with people and can so Silverline. Can I
0: qualify this? Janine and I will trade. We we're traders. That's what we do, and we teach traders, and we teach traders to be the best traders in Australia. That's bar none. We do that. We know that. So we're not against trading and we're not necessarily for investing, but we don't don't mind people investing. That's okay. But we say to people to be active in their investing. So we do that. But as a trader, you need to trade when you've got high probability of success. And when risk is high, that means you go and play golf or you go and sit on the beach or you sit on your hands and do nothing. The last month has been, in my view, it's just been speculation. That's all it is. So the best traders... Quite often, we'll sit back and just wait for the dust to settle because it's about having high probability times. Now, a lot of stuff has been jumping around on news and all that sort of stuff. So trading well means being tuned, not only tuned to the market, but also understanding your rules and tools and strategies yourself properly. But at times when you're a trader, you don't trade. You just trade when it's the best time to trade for you, both um, emotionally, personally, and also when the market's conducive to it. So we're not against trading around these times. There's just right now it it's, is higher risk. So why take the risk if you don't need to? Because we can make all our revenue in three months or six months. We don't have to trade right now. And that's the thing is a lot of people think they have to be trading to make money. Um, and they treat it like a job or you know mm. where they've got to do it five days a week, 40 hours a week. That's not the case with us. And we teach our traders not to do that. You know, trading is about having the best best possible scenario before you go into the marketplace. So, you know, and that's really, that's coming again. So we're not against it, but it's a good question.
1: Yeah. Did you want to ask another one?
0: Do you want to ask another one? BHP, Jared. All
1: right. Always a favourite. Good good pick there. I knew you'd
0: like that one. Jared <laughs> says, hi, Dale and Janine, looking forward to tonight's show. Would you please be able to give an overview of your thoughts of BHPs? P.S. I'm currently waiting for Dale's book to arrive in the mail.
1: All right. Now, looking at BHP, we can see that it's actually looking like it may have stabilised for the time being. Mm -hmm. So we can see there was a big push off the bottom, but still the bars, there's not a lot of commitment at the end of each week. So if we're looking at where the closes Mm -hmm. are, it's not really pushing higher and pushing hard. It's actually just, it's really indecision, like you're saying, about the rest of the market. So there's no real commitment here at the moment. We can see that it's very similar to what the All Lords and the overall market's looking like and you'd expect that because this is one of the big moves in our market. Ones, yeah. But it's just moved up, filled a gap at the moment. There are more gaps on the upside but we can always see that stock prices go lower mm. before they come up to fill those gaps. So... It's about waiting and being patient, I think, with BHP because, you know, you could sit there in BHP and then all mm. of a sudden it drops out the bottom and you, you'll get stopped out. So you've just, it's got to be a timing thing here with BHP. I mean, it looks
0: good, but mm. it's not pushing, you know, It's might be my same yeah. comments for Wes that yeah. I would say.
1: Yeah, well, there's no big money pushing it higher. They're just, they're just trying to do the argy-bargy and mm. get a little bit of arbitrage between high prices and low prices as it trades sideways. That's mm. what is currently happening and driving it sideways. So as the price drops, mm. the institutions come back in and pick it up again, push it higher, and then it actually stops rising and then um, they push it back down again. So they're just getting small amounts of money from the little ups and down moves as mm. it's moving on.
0: Cool. All right, mm. so let's move on.
1: All right, next. That was our last um, one. So we're now oh, okay. We... It's time that we get into the topic for tonight's show, which yeah. is how to turn a por- por- performing portfolio around. So tonight we have three strategies to help you do this. Number one is, and I've read your part of the question, get rid of the dead wood. Ask yourself, have I bought and continued to hold stocks just to get a dividend? I'm sure some of you will say yes to this one in the background.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people do that. They buy, I mean, there's lots of examples of stocks um, back in yep. the last decade and even up, you know, in that 2010 to 2020, I don't know how many portfolios I saw that everybody had Telstra, they had AMP, they had um, some of those other stocks that they just got on government ones, mm. they got on floats.
1: Yep. And you're thinking... Commonwealth Bank, they would have done okay. But Commonwealth Bank, they would have done really well. But,
0: you know, and you'd say to people, why are you holding Telstra? It's falling away. Oh, because mm. it pays a good dividend yield. Yep. But And it's what people don't understand is when you've got a stock like that, And you've got an equal weight. Let's say you had an equal weighting of 10 stocks in your portfolio. And this one is is falling 30% a year or 20% a year. It's sucking the profit out of your portfolio. It's the boat anchor. It's the boat anchor. And Mm -hmm. that's part of the reason we see. And there's not a portfolio that we see. And we do see lots of portfolios. And we have over the last two decades. We've seen a lot of portfolios of people. Because people send us portfolios in that Janine takes over for our managed account service that we run. And so we're quite... every week or so we're seeing new portfolios and how people are investing and so we're seeing they're hanging on to stocks for five and ten years that they're still losing money on from five or ten years ago that have been falling for five and ten years and sometimes longer Mm. or they've been holding for 20 years and it's still the same price that they paid for it 20 years ago so that's i think what you're and right
1: now i mean they could be you know 10 Mm. 2016 2017 18 look where the market is look where the market was back then you're pretty right there yeah and that's why we say Mm -hmm. to
0: people be active investors so it doesn't mean to be high risk it just means to be active in exit stocks and so if you dividend invest and you think you're doing great because you dividend investing but it's looking at your portfolio not just as a stock it's about a group of stocks or a group of investments that you're actually doing and looking at it in that way and looking at making sure it's growing you know if if it's not growing 8 to sort of 12 15% a year then you're not being active in terms of it and then you're just being at whim to the marketplace and having stocks that go sideways and down for long periods of time just to collect dividends not really smart in my book. You
1: know? Look, dividend investing is an approach that has been promoted as a way to generate an income for decades, but um, at the market average, let's say around 4.5%, mm-hmm which is typically what happens yeah. over time, you'd have to have at least a million invested to make it worth your while. And not everyone has that. Don't you have that? And then again, yeah, well, no, maybe. And then again, who wants to live on 45000 a year? This is probably not the income that you're dreaming of, right? 45000 does that really um, turn a light on for anybody here? It may do, I don't know. The reality is for most portfolios, this approach behaves as a boat anchor, and it, as it encourages people to buy and hold, and this drags down your return, right? So that's the help. That's the problem with um, dividends, and it's been c- encouraged by the industry for so long for people just to pick up stocks, mm. stocks, and assume that they're going to be able to make an income out of their dividends. Everyone talks about it. I know, but it's twi- You might get a, a payment twice a year. That's not a. That's like a. Um, is that like a Centrelink payment almost? Or yeah, but not?
0: people don't think that if I buy a buy BHP for thirty dollars and sell it for forty dollars, and I make thirty percent on that. Mm. That that's income to me. They it's, don't think about it. that's capital gain, but they don't. It's classed it. as
1: an income or dividend yield. But it's is still income. income for
0: me because I've sold something at a profit. I've made money. So if I go and buy this pen for five bucks and sell it to mm. you on the street for ten bucks, I've just made five bucks income. Yep. Okay. So it's the same thing to me, and so people think. And income. that's
1: what what they can't get their heads around. No, they, to me, mm.
0: buying and selling stocks gives you income. So because. With a portfolio, and what a lot of people may not understand, is with a medium-term portfolio, you're going to turn over one-third to two-thirds of that portfolio every nine to 12 months. So yeah. as you're turning it over, you're actually pulling money, your income out if you need to run on that. You're pulling that out of the market and reinvesting the remainder
1: of I think more people are starting to get it now. So not to be afraid of selling because they're worried about paying capital gains tax because this is what they've been told for so long.
0: Yeah, and also that's another issue that we deal with in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by Twenty Percent and Accelerate Your Wealth. It's like pay your capital gains tax. The more tax you're paying, the more money you're making. It's pretty simple, and we can do things to get rid of that. But let's get on to number two. So number one's not holding stocks because they're dividend yielding and Correct. obviously when they're falling away. Number two is clean up your portfolio and get rid of those small little crappy holdings that are just a distraction. So many times we see portfolios with a whole lot of stocks with a whole lot of less, lot, not very much in them. So that means selling stocks that are unlikely to have an impact on your return because the weighting is so small. So mm. I don't know how many times I've seen portfolios with a weighting of stocks 1% or 2% or 5% mm. of their portfolio. It's not worth having. Get rid of yeah, them. People
1: tell, tell us the reason that they're buying these stocks is, because, is often because they actually got a tip from somebody so often mm. when we look at a portfolio and see these small holdings that's what's happened they've read some broker statements someone's told them oh you can make really good money they've heard a ceo mm. say something about a, mm. a stock but they've thought well this is a bit more risky so i'm not going to put you know the whole house on it. i'm just going to put a little amount maybe a mm. couple of thousand dollars on it and then we'll see what but happens why are with are doing that well i think they're doing it just to, it's greed it's like mm. you know Pure Agreed, and that in the end is a distraction from what their overall portfolio is. Yeah, yes, so to they go doing. on a
0: chat for them, I get a tip from the pub or wherever they've got mm. it from. Somebody says, This stock's going to go through the roof, you're going to make 500% on it or whatever else. They go and put a thousand bucks into it. It doesn't do what it's expected to do, mm-hmm. and then it becomes one of those stocks that sits in your portfolio and does nothing for so long. Well, it's
1: a conversation starter at a dinner party, really, yeah. that's all it is, isn't it? Yeah, but
0: the, they're Have getting into it for, for pure Agreed to try mm-hmm. and Make a, a phenomenal amount of money, and they don't put much in it. And that's where, mm-hmm. and and I don't know whether any of you guys have well, and ladies have these stocks in your portfolio, but it's so common for us to see these stocks in there that are just sometimes the position sizing is like you know gone down to a hundred dollars and two hundred dollars from one or two thousand dollars because they've just tanked and gone the other way. it. Yeah. So, so if you, haven't, if you haven't
1: done so already, just put all of your stocks into a spreadsheet, and yeah. then. Add up the total value and then work out the weighting as a percentage of the total for each holding, mm. and that'll tell you pretty quickly if you're holding something that's less than about eight percent of the total value of the portfolio. I'd say probably five would be the five, be five would be the absolute minimum. You know, if you're holding just, something less than five, just just get rid of them. What's the point in holding it really? Mm.
0: Yeah, there's other thing too is if you're holding stocks that sort are of falling in value, and that because you know you've only bought a little bit and then they've all fallen in value. They're a constant reminder of a mistake that you made. And so it's a negative thinking. So when you look at your portfolio and you see these stocks that don't have much of a position sizing or stocks that have a heavy loss sitting on them and you see this negative figure, it constantly keeps reminding you of the mistake you made when you bought them. And and so that plays on your mind and it holds you back. And by cleaning those up, and it's like I always say to you know, my mum always pulled the Band-Aid off really fast because it lessens the pain. The quicker you clean scream. your portfolio, yeah, and I did, but anyway, but she still gave me a kiss at the end of the day, but get rid of them. As quick as you can, just get rid of all the stocks that are causing these issues with your portfolio, like small position sizing stocks in big losses. Clean it all up, put the money into other stocks, and uh, in, it'll work on this in a positive way because you're not being constantly reminded that you did you made a mistake, so please do that. Um, But uh, as I said, sell stocks that aren't getting you a return or or, going to have any sort of significant weighting on your return. So, Janine, you can do number three. Oh, thank you.
1: Number three is probably one of the most important decisions you can make to turn your portfolio around. Set a goal for your portfolio and then only buy stocks that suit the goal. So this is about having a criteria for the types of stocks that you choose. Once you've set the goal for what you want to achieve, Mm. then it's about saying, well, what sort of stocks are going to be my workers to actually help me deliver that? Um, Someone I was talking to the other day thought it was a novel concept when I was telling him, you need to think about it, Mm. these stocks, BHP, Rio, as your workers. Yeah, Mm.
0: but to me, that's that's Mm. a good way of looking at it. Can I ask you a question? Is When you're talking to somebody that's looking to come on mm-hmm. um, into our portfolio services, do you say, well, why did you buy those stocks? What's generally their reasoning for buying different stocks?
1: Either someone's told them to buy it, someone's mm-hmm. advised them to buy it, um, or they've heard something.
0: Okay, so there's no why other than it was a tip.
1: There's no structure in terms of the way that they've cr- created the portfolio and then selected the stocks.
0: Yeah, and that's, and that's really what we're trying to get at, guys and, and ladies, is, is, is if you were to go and buy a car or a house or something else, you have an idea. Like, you know, I'm going to buy an SUV or I'm going to buy a four-door sedan or I'm going to buy a seven-seater or I'm going to buy a house that's got four bedrooms or, and it's going to have an ensuite in three of the bedrooms and et cetera, et cetera. You've already got a plan of what you want. But the challenge that what we found most people do with the stock market is they just see a stock and just buy it and throw it in their portfolio. And that's the worst it's way like to construct a portfolio. It's picking up a stray,
1: stray
0: animal, isn't it, really? Well, it is. It's just like picking up a stray animal. And, I, and to me, it's like shooting a shotgun into the wind. Pallets are going to go everywhere and some will hit and some won't. Um, And what we're talking about is you need to have a process and a structure because not all stocks will suit the style of portfolio that you need for yourself. So you could be somebody who's 18 or 80. You could be somebody that needs capital growth. You could be somebody that needs income. You could be somebody that needs both capital growth and income. You might be a high risk person or a low risk person. But there'll be different stocks associated with all of that that you need to look at and narrow it down. And, and often people say to us, you know, they go, I want to trade overseas. I go, why? And they go, because there's so many stocks. There's 500 stocks in the US and or 5,000 in the US, you know, and I can buy all these stocks. And they go, oh, this broker has, you know, 2,000 instruments I can trade. And I go, wow, you're going to get even more confused.
1: Mm.
0: Whereas, How much time have you got? How much time have you got? Whereas mm. I could say to you, our students come down to about 50 stocks. That's what they do. Well, some and of them much less, focus. Than that. and some of them even less than that. Because this is the style of portfolio I want to create, and these are the stocks that fit that. And then you trade those stocks, so you get better returns, less stress, less ca- less um, cost, mm. uh, and make your life a lot easier. But that's really what we're talking about here: is mm-hmm. is having a purpose for your portfolio construction and setting those goals down, and then and from those goals, then you set your rules down. I'm only going to buy a stock in the top 100 stock. I'm only going to buy stock that has a, a um, liquidity of this much, this many dollars traded per week or, or I'll day. Never for,
1: I'll never forget when one of our mm. students was studying mm. and when we told her this, she, she just breathed a sigh of relief because mm. it just made everything so Took much the simpler. Off. Yeah.
0: Took the pressure off, big, big, mm. big time. It's like, I don't know, if I've been into an ice cream shop and they say, what colour do you want? I went, like, oh, God. There's about 30 ice creams, and I love them all. Which one am I going to pick? i just
1: go, i one of those. <laughs> <them. Maybe laughs> i
0: but, but that's it for our topic for tonight, but let's get into some more emails. But before we do, remember, hit the subscribe button now, and whilst you're there, just give us a big thumbs up on that like button too. The more likes we get, the more we like you. Uh, And the more questions we'll answer. Now we've got a video question and we love those video questions. We had an awesome one last week and we had another one this week. In fact, if you put a 30-second question on a video, we will give it priority. We'll always play it um, on our show. So stick your your phone in front of your face, stick your iPad in front of your face, sit in front of your computer webcam and record us a 30-second question and email it to us at info at wealthwithin and we'll stick it on the show we'd love to see you but this video question is from a young guy called Richard so take it away Richard yeah day, Dale and Janine my name's Richard first of all I wanted to thank you for helping me spark an interest in the stock market and also for providing a heap of wisdom and practical advice on how to go about uh, logical and strategical
1: approaches to the market uh, my question for you today is, do you think in the current economic climate within Australia and the world, given COVID-19, it might be a smart decision to invest in a bear market ETF such as BBOZ? Now, Dale, I know you don't like ETFs, but would still love to hear what you reckon. Anyway, thanks and keep up the great content, guys. See you later.
0: Yeah, that was a good question, wasn't it? That's a really good question. I know we covered BBOZ. Thanks, Richard, by the way, too. Thanks for sending it all in. Um, I know
1: you noticed something on his top shelf. What was that? He's got a little, um, had a little ornament that said relax. And I thought, how wonderful. Like just It's there, it's subliminal in the background, just sending out that vibe. I'm relaxed,
0: Richard. Well done, it worked. Um, we looked at BBOZ last week. And yeah, you're quite correct, Richard. I'm not a big fan of ETS, but I'm a big Big opponent of index ETFs. I know a lot of people new to the market get into index ETFs thinking they're getting diversification. And I talked a little bit about it on a podcast I did today. I was talking a bit about diversification and I call it diversification. But, but I remember a few months ago I was talking about specific ETFs in terms mm-hmm. of areas where, um, like robotics or artificial intelligence, areas that we generally, most of us don't really understand much okay. of. So I'm not too against those sorts of ones. We're nothing indexed, forget about them. And BBOZ is an ETF, uh, it's a bear market ETF, but it's one that follows the market as it goes down. So do you want to bring it up and we'll have a quick look at it for Richard. So in a bear market, you know, if you want to invest in a bear market, then a bear market ETF is probably the way to go and something's just happened with our laptop. What happened with it?
1: Um, It just disappeared, but we did actually look at BBOZ, I think, either last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it's basically been falling until just recently and it did shoot up uh, with the recent rise on the market and has pulled back down. So you'll remember when you saw the picture of our market having pushed up of its low, well BBOZ done the same sort of thing only it's pulled back much harder and there is risk on the downside at the moment. So I would never just sort of make a statement about, okay, given the way that things are in Australia and around the world. Should we do X or should we do Y? Because it's always the chart that's going to tell you whether that's the way to go or not. And I think with looking at the BBOZ chart, you know, I mean, you'd have to make your own call and decision on that, but you'd have to be asking, well, why would you put your money into that right now, given that there's no um, real direction behind it? So that's really the decision there on BBOZ that I've got at the moment. So thanks for that question. It was a good one, Richard, and thanks for the video. Fantastic. Good to see the family in the background there behind you.
0: Um, there's a couple of then there's one. Do you can read that and I'll get the laptop going so we can look at more stocks. There's one from Ben Ben
1: Now to anyone who hasn't watched this show before, Dale never hands me this. No, that's so that's, once that's... he's given it to me it's he's gonna find it really hard to get it back off me. Um now I've got a message here, um, from Cody Schilling, G'day Dale and Janine, have read both your books and the use of stop loss and a simple rule of buying and selling on confirmation, not speculation, has transformed my um, success. Bed, best podcast, thank you. So I'm assuming, Dale, um, he really liked that one. So excellent that you've put that into play and are using some really good strategies there. Now, um, you... Uh, Bill Mann said that he love he loves the show as I'm one of your students practicing on paper. So that means to some people who may not be aware that he's actually paper trading. So I hope you're getting in there and doing all of your back testing as you've been taught, and then putting it into practice as the stocks are unfolding. So that's what really what you're talking about. You have rules um, that you've back tested, selected based on the results of the back testing, and then doing the paper trading to see what the results yield. So um, what are your thoughts on SVW? We will come back to that at some point. Um, so you've had different perspectives on it by different analysts. Now, one thing I will say that as you start doing the the, the studies and you're and you're building your knowledge, you're still a bit. Um, Let's say you're on the the L plates, so to speak. So what I would say to you is don't get distracted by what other analysts are talking about when they're discussing this stock. It will only confuse you. You really need to be focused and really just start to trust the analysis that you're putting into practice because nobody is going to have a better um, opportunity to make good decisions on this than you because you're the one who is actually testing the set of rules in history. You don't need to ask Dale or I, well, does that set of rules work really well on SVW? Once you have this knowledge, you can actually backtest it yourself, put it into practice, prove to yourself that it actually works over time. And that's the beauty of this and the power of the the analysis and the way that we teach it to you. But it's just about getting your confidence and, and over time building yourself up. So if you haven't gone on to do Modules 4 and 5 and you're still on Module 3, then I'd really encourage you to get moving on and do the rest of that work and you get an opportunity to be part of our um, our trading support service, which will just, you know, grow your knowledge like you wouldn't believe. So um, that's really great. Thanks very much, Bill. Great to see that you're getting on the right track there. Um, I think we're stuffed.
0: I don't
1: think S- we've got a laptop for the the SW Reef, hey guys, love the channel and what you're doing for the punters on YouTube. If you get a chance, um, can you have a look at RED? So that might be one that you'd like to email us in and just tell us why you're looking at this particular stock I think would be a great um, way to, to do that. Um, looks like a lot of people have got their their family watching the show tonight which is fantastic and thanks for that I know there's it's a few questions there
0: it was a question by Cody at 657 I know there was a question
1: there did you read that one uh, 657 let me see if I can find that and I've not... also
0: got a few more emails Cody's
1: the fine. one I read yeah I read did that one read that's great I've got another one down here um, yeah. hi um, so people have wanted to look at Lynn Lee's group and some of the stocks there looks um, apologies um, if we can't show you the stocks tonight, but we will come back to you next so week. The
0: laptop's only about eight weeks old, so we shouldn't have now, died on this.
1: Someone's asked um, uh, "Get uh, Gekuta. cooter." Um, woohoo! Can I do that? You can do woo-hoo. whatever you
0: like. I've uh,
1: Love you guys. Thank you. Do you like CCL as a stable long-term investment? I've just entered position today. At this point, may go lower or rise. Now, I, can't, I don't, obviously don't have the chart right in front of me right at this moment, but um, I wouldn't necessarily call it anything right now, a stable long-term investment, until we have the more medium to long-term direction telling us that the, mm. the, the stock's more likely to move up than go down. So that's really all I would say to you. We always focus on the monthly chart. And the mm. real reason for that is because it's that's telling you what the bigger picture direction is. So if that's not pointing up yet and moving in the right direction, mm. then you really got to be careful there. So um, that's but for CCL is
0: normally a stock that's not too bad for a portfolio to sit in for a longer term anyway. It generally trends yeah. quite well for a longer period of time. But I mean, it's one of the world's, what's well, the world's most recognisable brand, isn't it? Really?
1: Yeah. I had to laugh. Yeah, like, um Andrew Fuller saying, really enjoying module five. Oh, isn't it fantastic when you get to the end and you're bringing it all together? Looking forward to the show. I won't ask your advice on any stock because you're teaching me via the course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's very
0: cute. Do you want to There's um. I'll go through a couple of other questions while they're still trying to get the laptop up. Did we get it up? No, we didn't get it up. So
1: um... Look, there's one here um which talks about changing rules. And I, I remember, um, Dar, remember that presentation that you did when it was one of our Art of Trading workshops, and it's about mm-hmm. having the back testing, d- d- um, selecting a set of rules to mm-hmm. trade a stock, but then stocks can unfold and change in different ways as they begin to unfold, and it's about um, yeah. using everything you know on the chart. So this is a question that says, um, do you ch- it was more or less about, do you change the rules right, through the chart. So do you have rules at the start and then do you change your rules? Um, do you want to answer that one?
0: Um, the answer is, there's, it's sort of a double-edged sword when you're looking at rules for trading. We do have, we always have set rules for trading, so um, so before we enter a stock, we know the rules we're buying, we know when the rules we're going to use for selling and how we're going to manage it. But then what happens is, is the stock starts to unfold, the market then changes personality, et cetera. So part of what we teach people is to use everything you know all of the time. And so there's a, a thing or a statement. A comment called um, using the art of trading and the art of trading for some people it's a good catch-out it says well I've just changed my rules so that's the art of trading and and I remember having one of our advanced students that did a trade and he broke rules and Mm -hmm. I said to him why did you exit there that's incorrect and he goes I was using the art of trading and I said yeah but the art of trading still has rules <laughs>
1: he was telling it right You right break in. the rules so don't tell me that's the art of trading so so you're saying he jumped out at any price rather than using a correct. rule correct there was
0: no rule right. there was zero rules I said you tell me exactly the rule you you used and mm. he didn't he couldn't he said that was my art I just thought this and I said well you can't just think this yeah what is the rule confirmation you can change your rules based on knowledge and experience so if you're knowledgeable and experienced and you understand that the market's changing and for example, because the, the market will move up or a stock will move up, go sideways, move up, go sideways, move up, mm. roughly. That's what will happen. So in those sideways moves, sometimes like a rule like a trend line might get you out, but you, but you know it's only going to go sideways for a little bit. So you, dis, you ignore that rule and set another rule for an exit in case it falls away. So there are things you can adjust there. But generally... That's a really good question. um, For for a lot of people, it is. Don't change your rules. If your rules work, they work. um, And that's really what So I've got one
1: here from Kim Connor. Hi, Dale and Janine. Thanks for your program. I'm Mm -hmm. learning every day. Could you please let me know your thoughts? You mentioned a couple of stocks. But what is really interesting was at the end, why is Telstra not going anywhere? (laughs) Good question, isn't it?
0: It really is a good question. And the thing is, Telstra, I'm pretty confident it's had its low. It's not going to go below that low i think it was 252 i think was it? i can't <laughs> quite remember but i'm pretty confident that's low it's just not gaining momentum at the moment but you got to remember telstra was a stock that fell away for 10 years you know so it's the, got a lot of baggage. The, the mark it's got a huge amount of baggage and the people the people remember that and so they're not yeah. getting too excited telstra would have to probably double in price from where it is now before people start to get excited about it but you'll
1: see it on a chart well before mm. that happens.
0: Yeah, you will. You'll start seeing it on the charts and everything else. But it's a good question. So it's not going anywhere. It's paying a reasonable dividend, uh, which is a nice little bonus. But it's it's a stock that, you know, if you've got a 10-year outlook, it's probably okay to put in your portfolio. But if you're more of a trader, it's probably not something you'd put on, into your portfolio. Now, I know we had a question from somebody that was asking about what rules do we use to get in and get out and, and stop losses and stuff like that. And somebody did, I'm not sure whether it's on that or... I saw something. I know if you're sending an email through and asking us to cover that um, on the live show and if you're sending it in after four o'clock, it's never going to get on the show. It's just something that we put our script together a little bit earlier so that Jenny and I can chat about it, etc. So, but I, I'm not sure whether somebody put something in that or whether it's on there, but we won't give you all our rules. It's just, if you want to understand our rules of how we buy, how we sell, how we manage trades, where our stop losses, where we put our stop loss exactly, you need to do our courses. That's not something we're going to give out for free here on YouTube. That's, and part of the reason is, is A, that's our IP, and obviously we have students that we, Janine and I just love mentoring and we help all the time, but part of it is you won't understand them anyway. Because there's a, there's a huge difference between Knowledge and understanding, or information and education, mm. I can talk about a trend line till the cows come home on this, this, and most people will go, "Yeah, I understand what a trend line is." But I know ninety-nine percent of you don't understand what a trend line actually is, and how to use it, how to draw it properly, how to make money from it. You've got a conceptual idea of what it might be that you might have read it in a book or on, a, on an online portal somewhere. But on... you still
1: need to be taught properly. Yeah, is you what need saying. to be taught. The trend
0: lines, mm. the trend lines sections in our in the in our modules. Is, is bigger than our book, bigger than my book. It's actually probably put my, both the all the words in two of my books and put it together, and that's the trendline section. It's breaking it all down to really, really understand it. So so that's part of the reason why we're not going to share with you all our rules that we get in and get out of. If you are wanting to learn them, and do our course. If you don't, then that's okay as well. Um, we're happy with that, but um, I've got a question. I'll go through the next email question. Okay. Um, they bought me another laptop, but they didn't realise that there's no charting software on this laptop. It's another new laptop we bought, um, so I can't use that. So I apologise. Um, so, but anyway, so let's look at uh, this next question. It was from Christine. She says, "Hi Dale, found out about your you guys from the YouTube channel, and I'm also interested to come into the trading mentor course." Um, she's bought seventeen thousand five hundred ninety dollars of Beach Petroleum. At a dollar forty-five a share, I was wondering if this is a good share to hold long-term. What's a fair price, and at what price should I put a stop loss? Looking forward to hearing. Now I
1: know this share mm. reasonably well, so I my answer, <laughs> yeah, my answer direct to you is actually no. It's not a good stock for long-term. It's an example of you know mm. we talked about NAB mm. some months ago, even though a completely different type yeah. of stock altogether, different volatility. Well, NAB was trading at the same price it was ten years ago. Recently. Yes, so. And and this is another stock that was trading at the same price it was 10 years ago. And it's where it is in its overall picture. Like, I'm not saying that at some point it may not be an opportunity to hang on to it, but it's a really volatile um, stock that moves really quickly. And it has just had lots of ups and downs along the way over the past decade or so. So it's a good trading stock. This is a really interesting stock to study. But as far as the long-term buy and hold, I'd say definitely no. For this one—that's just my yeah. opinion. You need to look at the chart and decide for yourself when you see it.
0: You do, and you do, and that's the thing—is there's is a lot of people like, is it a long-term buy and hold, or what, what's a fair price? Like, yeah. what is a fair price for a stock? Well,
1: that's you a know. question, isn't it? It's whatever the market's willing to pay at the time. Yeah,
0: it's whatever. Um, the next question we got was from Allah, who asked, "Hello, Dale and Janine, what are your thoughts on Rio? Rio is one of those good quality mm-hmm. stocks that we should be uh, that we should be buying in the current market as it's currently trading." At a significant discount, regards Allah. Now, I know that's another stock that you love, so that's yeah, why I thought that. It's a I'd great stock.
1: One. It's a stock to have on the watch mm. list and be ready to purchase mm. when the momentum's behind it. However, if it's actually going down or sideways, which it has mm. been, obviously with COVID and then with the market rebounding, it's come up somewhat. But still, um, a lot of these mining stocks are, are just trundling sideways for now and there's still risk on the downside there. So it's a matter of just wait and see and there could, look, we've been saying on the show that we think there's some awesome opportunities, um, decade and multi-decade opportunities coming up. So it's just about being patient really with Rio. Um. See how he just took it back there? Sleight of hand. I'm just
0: sneaky, aren't I? While just I was talking. Swip, slide I should it. have
1: hung on to it, shouldn't
0: I? No, no, no. This is, this is, <laughs> it, you can have that controller now if you
1: like. I don't need it anymore. you put it in the middle? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Jim's asking, any thoughts around Warren Buffett's on taking a loss on the airlines? He states that he knows what he knows and USA has given him wealth. He's bullish long-term. What would you say he is short-term? I know he's selling stocks he's at the moment, and he's sold out of some airline stocks at the moment. Now, we don't buy airline stocks. He's in a lot of insurance, really. He's in a lot of mm. insurance and that sort of stuff. But what what do, you, what do you think his view is? Buffett's been in a lot of cash for quite a while.
1: Yeah, look, I think he'll be looking for some short-term mm. um, opportunities and sees that the airline's are not going to go anywhere mm. in the in short to medium term. And mm. so it's a big question, Mark. Let's get rid of it. It's the same sort of thinking, isn't it? Chuck the dead weight out of the portfolio. He's doing
0: exactly what we've talked mm. about, and that's really... And this is the thing is interesting. People, when they talk to me about Buffett, they go, oh, Buffett's buy and hold."
1: Mm. Well,
0: if you buy and hold, why are you selling? Yeah,
1: yeah because there's often articles hold. in the news about him selling something. Buffett's
0: Buffett's not buy and hold. Mm. He says he if if you know you buy and he'll hold it till he determines it's not going to make him more money anymore, mm. and then he'll sell it. But that might be ten years down the track or five years down the track. And he generally buys great undervalued companies and then rides them out for the long term. And that's what he's doing. But you know, if he's not being in airlines, what's that actually telling you? And now, if he's there, in a lot of cash,
1: there was actually. If we, if we can move on to another one, if you if you I finished will. on that one, no, did you, you want to say well, something else? you can else keep on talking
0: Buffett? about Buffett.
1: Look, I, I don't didn't want to actually. I wanted to talk about um, Resmed. I know you've got the finger on the pulse there and don't want to let it go. But someone raised Resmed earlier in mm-hmm. the chat and was talking about. Do you? Would you buy it on the Australian market on the ASX or the New York Stock Exchange? And, yep. and how would you choose which one to buy it on? That's, I thought it well, was a really interesting question, something out of the out of the box.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, answer it.
1: Well, look, I mean, in reality, if you're in the, in Australia, I'd right, stick to the Australian market and just buy stocks in Australia and keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some people that try to purchase with an overseas account.
0: Yeah, they do. And there's, I mean, it's easier now than what it used to be. I mm-hmm. mean, there used to be... I mean, Probably brings me to another question I get I'm constantly getting asked the question, What platform do you use? And what should what platform should you suggest I use? And it's like, well we don't suggest brokers, you know. And you've Mm. got to separate that a broker platform is not how you trade, it's just where you place the trade. Mm-hmm. How you trade is how you get to the point of saying, I want to buy something. Yeah. And Brokers platforms are places that Jen and I never do that with. We mm-hmm. absolutely 100% never, ever, ever use a broker platform to tell us what we're going to buy or sell. That's all the stuff we do on Optima, the one the program mm-hmm. we use. The broker that, platform is just. But even
1: doesn't tell us what to buy or sell. Let's no, make that's that our clear. knowledge. But I'm
0: saying we don't mm. do that on broker platforms, and so people do that. Yeah. But these some of these broker platforms, and people say, I mean, oh, you can trade this market, that market, that market, that market, that market, that market, that market on this. It's a great. Do you what? Do you, do you like that platform? And it's like, no. It, just because it's got 15 markets to trade doesn't mm. make it a better platform. It just gives you more confusion. And that's really what I find It happens with these people that say they're traders. They've got these platforms that they don't really know how to use. It looks whiz bang because it's got all these things all over it. But everybody
1: talks about the US market and you even talk about it. Yeah, I do. So, you know, how do you tell somebody who's sitting out there who doesn't know? Simplify. um,
0: (laughs) I talk about it because it's part of what we do. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously I've got you know, we've got business interest in the US, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we own parts of businesses over there and we are, we've we been having... People have been asking us to go to the US with our education for quite a long time, which is what we're doing now. So, therefore, otherwise I wouldn't be looking much at the... Mm. You know, two years ago I wasn't looking at the US market. You
1: know, well, some, look, I've always looked at the US market as in the broader chart, yeah, and you have too. Yeah. But more from a... pick picture of understanding what's happening on a global scale yeah and that's Mm. really
0: what it is but now i'm much more into the stocks because i do my interviews Mm. with jim i launched my book there 18 months ago so it's about me knowing that Mm. but if i was just um people watching this show there's no way not. I'll be looking at the US stocks and US market because mm-hmm. there's plenty of money to be made here in Australia to make your life easier. But
1: if you're talking to someone in the US, then you'd be talking to them about US stocks. And cause I do, that's in their you know, and, that, and I talk about that with Jim
0: on my my um, interviews with him because in the US they say the same things in the US as they say in Australia: invest overseas, invest overseas, invest overseas. That's what they talk about. Yep. But. It's diversifying your portfolio when you do that. Mm. Um, and I was only reading on my podcast today, I was reading out of the ASX shareholder survey uh, or study, and it was saying that if you diversify overseas, you actually get a worse return. Mm-hmm. it's fact it's in the asx shareholder survey but people still want to go overseas because yeah. they see your apples and your microsoft's and your zoom's taken off and all that stuff so then they get that fear of missing out so they try and jump into that but then you've got all the other issues around where you've got to have a us dollar account and mm-hmm. all those other bits and pieces it's so much easier just to buy like your csls and everything else yeah. um, from okay. me but we've had a few questions on a2 milk and i mm-hmm. know we've had some over the last week and people are saying off. And it's taken off, and mm. rightly so, and it's done very, very well. But mm. is this time to get into A2 Milk right now?
1: I'd say no.
0: And I'd say no. I'd say it's, it's headed, headed way too high at this point in time for, for people. So, um, But outside of that, I think you know, there's some really, really good questions on here that we just can't get to. And as I said, our laptop died. Um, I don't know why it died. It's dead. and now the laptop we've bought in, I can't log into at this point in time. So well, I do apologise. We haven't been told
1: to move on, so can we do one more? Well, it's eight oh dots
0: at the end of the show. The director's obviously panicking and pulling his hair out over the other end. Um, um, final stock. He's saying final stock. Now he's talking to me. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Ben's going, I know there are two books. Which one should I purchase first? Uh, either one, it's okay, matey. You can pick any one of those ones. They're, they're both really, really good books. Um, um, what have we got here? Hi, Dan. I'm fairly new to investing and purchased APT at $9.80 and I'm not sure where a place is to set a stop loss uh, for it being a little bit more volatile. It is a volatile stock, very, very much so.
1: Look, I mean, you could just mm. um, refer to your book for ideas on well, where to set APT, stop loss. APT, a
0: lot of people jumped mm. on the bandwagon because that Chinese company, whatever they call it, I forget what it's called again, um, bought 5% on it, mm. you know, and they're thinking. And so then it took off like a rocket because they bought that 5%. But yeah. now people are seeing it going, should I get in on it now? And, and the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Should it, if you're going to be in it, should have been on it weeks and weeks ago. But mm-hmm. it's not a bad stock. Um, but again, do you want to get yeah, into it Yeah, stop losses now?
1: are set based on how much risk you really want to take. So mm. you've actually got to look at that. And decide. And yeah. I had a conversation with somebody last week about this because we were talking about percentage stop losses. And I said to the guy, "Look, how, what are you comfortable with? Yeah. If 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 so, if you had a um, a loss of fifty dollars, would it worry you? If it was a hundred dollars, would that be a problem? If it was a thousand, and then kept going up and up." Yeah. And I used to do this at the other trading workshop as well, and see the hands go down as the figure as the figure went up higher and higher. So I think there's a first consideration: is yeah. is how much are you willing to risk first, and that determines how. You know it helps you work out how big a exposure you should really be having into the market. And then it's about the technical stop loss really. Hmm. So it's understanding some rules so that you can set a technical stop loss and you can only get that with research. So there are many different stop losses that you could apply to to Apt
0: yeah it's just your your intention. I think mm. that's really what it's about. What is your intention with Apt if it's short medium and long term so and
1: yeah that can dictate yeah. whether the t- stops tighter mm. or whether you leave it a bit looser it depends on the term of the trade as well. Yeah.
0: Mm. Janine and I could give you probably three stop losses right now um, and I could pretty much guarantee you that you it's by in the next two weeks we'd probably change our mind. Possibly on that, depending on what how it unfolds. So, um, you need to understand what the stop loss is, how to enact it, and when you should be enacting it, and if you need do need to change it. So. Um, right now, whilst it's
1: going up, stay with it. If it starts falling away, then. So what you're saying is, as the stock price is rising, you hmm. can change the stop. Yeah, we change saying. our stop because
0: mm-hmm. there's there's two different stops we talk about. And We did do a video on this or a live show on this um, late last year, I think it was on X, on stop losses and where we, mm-hmm. what we what we do. And one's a, an initial stop loss when you buy it, and another one is as it's running. And, uh, and trailing stop losses and how you do that. Um, but just buy my book. If you're not sure, uh, that'll teach you about the stop losses and you can use one of those. So get um, get on our website, get How to Beat the Managed Funds or Accelerate Your Wealth, and that'll teach you those two things. Now, before we finish up tonight, um, that new streaming service, Flix.net, .dot xnet that I've been telling you about, is up and running So um, and our Talking Wealth, Uh, our Talking Wealth show episode one went up last week, as I mentioned. Um, Episode two is going up this week. I know our market reports are going up there and uh, they are giving me a proposal. They want Janine and I to do a live show on it as well, which will probably be another month. Maybe two months away, but it'll be on the US market. So do get over to flicks.net and you can see some good um, information there. There's a one hour long seminar that I've done. I've recorded a presentation, which was the one that I did for the group about eight weeks ago that I was people saying, did, you know, can you record it? Well, I couldn't record it, but I've done it in the studio. So you guys can go and take a look at that and how long. And I've done another one, um, which is going out probably in the next week or so. It's called Seven Steps to Success.
1: Um, in trading so that'll go up in the next week or so so keep going back there and having a look now um, it's the end of tonight's show and I hope you've enjoyed it and thank you for participating if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss send your ideas and we'll look at your requests for upcoming shows if you'd like to see the show continue to grow then remember to share it on your social media with your friends and colleagues, also remember to make sure you put this show into your calendar, as we'll be back right here on YouTube every Tuesday from seven till eight. And as always, we're happy to receive your questions, so send them to info@wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Well, that was a big mouthful. You can you can breathe now.
0: Janine changed the script so she had to read all of that without a break. Well, that really does bring us to the end of the show, everybody. And again, we really hope you enjoyed it as much as we have. And we do apologise how the laptop died. I've got no idea um, why, but we'll figure it out. As always, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. But for now, goodbye. Good luck. Good trading.
1: Good night. I like a good
0: challenge. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye for now. Thanks for listening.